Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little radio program and podcast known internationally as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. It is show number 205, and today we will be talking about the best cigars of 2020. And so more about that in a few minutes. Um, want to say uh, hello to my good friend and co-host Ian Barry. Hi, Cruz. You're sitting up really high in your chair. I feel like I I'm, am. I'm dangling. I feel like I'm looking bit. up at you there. <laughs> I meant to adjust oh, yeah. that now a little too low. Now you're yeah. So yeah, that's the problem with these chairs. You hit that adjustment and whoosh. You just drop you to just, the floor. You just drop. It's almost like a roller coaster. Uh, well, good afternoon, my friend. Nice to uh, see you today, and it's great to be on show number two hundred five. Uh, as usual, our producer Adam on the wheels of steel. And we are uh, excited to be here to talk about the best cigars of 2020. Now, uh, we originally scheduled Jared Hempstead from uh, Balcones Distillery, uh, who's been on the show before. He's a lot of fun. Man, they make some great whiskey. Absolutely. But Jared uh, actually is uh, kind of coming down with a cold. And, you know, in this era of COVID 19, if you even get a scratchy throat, you start freaking out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, so he emailed us earlier in the week and said he was concerned uh, that he might be getting, uh, you know, getting sick. And and so he said he would let us know. And then he emailed back again yesterday and said, you know, I'd just rather not chance it. I think it's just a cold. At this point, I don't even want like to catch cold from somebody else. So, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, because who knows? So anyway, uh, but he insists that he's fine. But he's going to just. You know, do the the safe thing, and so we'll reschedule Jarrett for uh, Jared for uh, an opportunity in the very near future. You may remember we had to reschedule him the last time he was on because oh, yeah. he's based in Waco, and he mapped to our street where the studio is. Only his phone mapped him to Dallas, and he drove to <laughs> Dallas instead of driving to Houston, which is where we are. So fortunately, he actually called a little bit before the show and said. I think I may have goofed. I'm five hours away from you. So we rescheduled him. But he was a great guest. And like I said, there's all kinds of great things going on with their whiskeys. They're winning awards. They're collaborating with the folks at Shiner. Uh, it's a it's a pretty, pretty up and coming, um, you know, Texas, Texas distillery. So we're always excited to have him back on. And they've released some new things, I think, since we uh, since we last had him. So it'll be good to have him. And I'm sure we'll have that coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. So in the meantime... I pulled together a couple of lists that uh, are going to comprise this Best Cigars of 2020 uh, show for us. The 2020 Cigar Trophy winners were announced, and this is a big list of the best cigars of the year, Mm -hmm. so we'll go over that. And then just this week, Cigar Aficionado uh, released a list of the 16 best cigars you need for the fall. So we'll take those two lists and combine them into... You know something you interesting. That we should we should find you something interesting to smoke, no matter what kind of uh, cigars you like. As the uh, as the program goes on, uh, plus we have uh, drinking news. It will return today in all of its glory uh, with a story that we're called. Your we're calling your biking to where. <laughs> uh, so I think this one may be of interest to you since you're a, since you're a, a mountain bike guy, right? Yes. Well, I road bike sometimes too, but that's when my mountain bike is broken. Oh, is your mountain bike broken now? Yes. What? what oh, was this uh, was this when you had the little accident on it? Uh, recently? I thought I had it fixed, but um, I got a few more good rides out of it, and now the uh, rear shock is broken. I have to send oh, it off to okay. get it. Well, that it's it's a bummer because it's perfect bike riding weather I right know. now. And now you I know? have to ride on the road. <laughs> oh well. Uh we'll also talk a little bit about 
uh, the top five American rye whiskeys, a new uh, list that has been released. And uh, there's also something new that I think you'll enjoy because it's a it's an article about nine new bourbons to try right now. Right now. Yeah. Oh, we need that. Uh, we need to do the echo on effect. that. Can you can you pull that uh, echo up for us? We're so high tech here on this is smoking nice. a toast. Uh, well, I, I, we'll, we'll work <laughs> we'll, that out. We'll we'll figure it out by the time we get to the article. Uh, so anyway, a lot of cool uh, lot of cool stuff on the program today, and I think that we will uh, have a good time doing some tastings too, Ian. On Mr. Torley gig is the spirit we'll be tasting, and I think we've only done an Armagnac on the program once before, oh. so I thought it'd be time to uh, change up a little bit. Armagnac is brandy that is produced with grapes from the Armagnac region of France, and we'll be trying the Chateau de la Croix. I'm sure I'm not getting that quite right, but it's the reference Armagnac from France. We'll be trying that today. And some great beers, or at least we hope they're great. Heater Allen Brewing out of McMinnville, Oregon, has released their Oktoberfest lager, which they called Bobtoberfest. 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 Nice. So we'll be trying that. We had our Oktoberfest blind taste test last week. It was enlightening. Yes, it was, and, and very tasty. Yes. Uh, also, from the folks at Rare Barrel in Berkeley, California, we'll be trying their Pop-Tart. It's not P-O-P-T-A-R-T. It's P-O-P apostrophe T, and then the word art. Pop I've brought that before. Art. You've brought popped art before? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? The big bottle. Mm -hmm. And we've tasted it on oh, the show. Yeah. Did we like it? Oh, yeah. Good, because we're going to taste it again today. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, it was an accidental repeat, but it's been a while, Look, right? we are over 200 shows into this. Yeah, it's hard to remember sometimes. First we've off, it is a little hard to remember. And second off... You know what? It's okay if we repeat a few mm -hmm. things. For the the if if we did stuff within the first fifty shows, yeah, nobody remembers that. Well, I don't remember. I don't this remember one. that. I was all excited when I saw the bottle. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this this might be great." So we'll taste that as well as an imperial milk stout from Ale Song Brewing called Rhino Suit. It's a rhino suit. Rhino suit. It's nice. an imperial milk stout aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, Ale Song out of Eugene, Oregon, a very highly lauded and uh, uh, you know one of the hot breweries uh, as it goes. So it's so hot right now. Yeah. So it should be an interesting. Uh, it should be an interesting program. I am uh, uh, just. I, I was almost late to the show. We were a couple minutes late getting started. Uh, because there was some sort of traffic tie-up with some accident or something. So I'm really just catching my breath. Maybe you can start us off by telling me about uh, something interesting you've had a you chance to smoke this week. all about something interesting that I've had a chance to smoke this week. Wonderful. Um, went by the Casa earlier today. I love those guys over there. That's they're, so fun. They're just so cool. Yep, yep. Ken was there and Steve. And uh, said hi to the guys. Picked up a couple cigars. Um, mm hmm and one of them I picked up is Aging Room, bin number two. Bin number two. I like the Aging Room. I, I mean, I like what they do. I like Aging Room anyway. Yeah. And then bin number one I reviewed, um, was it early this year? I think it was, yeah, yeah several months and back. it was good. But, but yeah. that one was released, I think, in 2014. This one was released last year. Okay. And I hadn't had it. Um, so I picked it up. looked interesting. It's uh, the, the size is called B minor. Nice. Yes, and it's a five by fifty-two, so not a real big cigar. Smaller than what I generally pick. Yeah, up. Yeah, you so. usually get the bigger ones. Yeah. So, uh, hundred percent Nicaraguan tobacco. Okay. So you know, I was expecting the uh, the usual pepper thing, the blast of pepper at the mm -hmm. beginning, but we'll get to that in a minute. The appearance, rich dark brown wrapper, two 
bands and a footer uh medium firmness overall no real soft spots no harder spots or anything like that looked real solid a little bit of veins uh on it and it looked it looked good felt good the pre-light sniff very earthy hints of mocha coffee fresh cut lumber some sweet spices is what i got on the nose Moving on to the pre-light draw, use the clip, near effortless draw, sweet spices and coffee, pepper, chocolate, and woodiness, like all right there, just before I even lit it. And that was a wonderful, wonderful thing. I could have sat there and just like not lit it for a while and <laughs> I enjoyed know. it. I love when you get one of those yeah. that, are, that are really pleasant before you even light uh, The initial light, blast of cedar and pepper. Because nice. you expect that from a right. Nicaraguan store. But lots of cedar on that initial light. Big time wood and uh, pepper on that. Sweet coffee and tangy spices. Big silky smoke right off the bat fills the palate. First third of this, pepper is smooth and creamy. It wasn't a real harsh pepper, not a super spicy pepper kind of thing. Smooth and creamy, followed by tangy sweetness with wood. Uh, rich earthen coffee notes kind of swirl around. Slightly uneven burn, solid ash. Nice. All right, second third of this. The burn is slightly uneven from time to time and just corrects itself. I never corrected it once. I just kind of watched it burn a little uneven here and then burn a little uneven. It didn't matter. It didn't change anything about the smoke. Um, cedar and pepper take center. Earth cedar and pepper <coughs> take center stage in the second act on this cigar. Sweet, creamy smoke delivers more coffee and mocha in the background. The retrohale was spicy with a touch of sweetness. I, the retrohale on the cigar was outstanding. I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, slightly uneven burn, solid ash. The last third of the cigar, pepper becomes more present in the back of the palate. And in the retrohale, cedar and oaky notes dominate the front of the palate. And coffee with a slight chicory kind of spice developed Really? In That's there. interesting. Yeah, yeah and I was, I was trying to place it. I was like, what is that? Because it's like coffee with a spice, and it's that chicory... Almost mm -hmm. kind of that's a very unmistakable, it's a very specific, yeah. yeah right. It's a very specific flavor. I think I picked up on that in one cigar before, kind of a little bit of that chicory flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, tangy sweetness in the background and on the lips, mostly even burn on the last bit of this solid ash. Uh, price to quality this is a $13.50 cigar, and it's only five inches long. Yeah. By 52. It's that's that's a small cigar. That's an uphill battle right there. Uh, surprisingly long burn. I got an hour and 20 minutes out of well, this see, thing. Well, see, that's not bad. Out of a five-inch cigar, I got an hour and 20 minutes. Wow. That's I think, makes up for the size. And you were smoking it the whole time, right? Sol yes, I smoked it the whole time. Solid five on the uh, price to quality. I enjoyed yeah. the flavors a whole lot. And even though at first I was kind of hemming and hawing about it because of the price, it lasted way longer than that. it lasted a full 40 minutes longer than i thought that cigar size well, would have that makes it worth it man. and it made it worth it to me so uh i i suggest uh very much trying that cigar cool and before you uh get into yours i have here a present for you oh oh look at you it was in fact my birthday this last week happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear cruz Happy birthday to you. This is a great cigar. <laughs> Very nice. I like the ukulele edition to the show. 
And uh, Ian called me and left a message on my phone for my birthday and sang happy birthday to me. But I was a little disappointed that he didn't include the ukulele. I think I was, so, I think I was driving. Yeah. Well, in, in this case, it worked out great because I got, I got the ukulele as well. I very specifically and, don't practice these tunes because I want there to be a certain amount of authenticity. Yeah, a little playing. organicness to it. Yes. I like that. <laughs> well, uh, this is a wonderful cigar, and I will, uh, I will enjoy it. This is the uh, 80th uh, year 1926 Serie uh, Padron, and look, oh, it's just, even even in the package, it just looks, <laughs> it just looks absolutely delicious. Well, thank you. Yes, it was my birthday this week, and I, I do want to, like, uh, brag a little bit, because, uh, you, you know, Ian, I can be very jealous of you. <laughs> you know, you've got, you're the guy that has the wireless mic, the wireless you're the mic. guy that has some of the, you know, the cool pipe racks and pipe stands and like a huge collection of pipes. One thing I've been jealous of for a while was your pipe lighter. Because every time I do a, uh, every time I smoke a pipe, I'm I'm taking the lighter and like turning it upside down and trying to light, and it just doesn't work. And as sometimes well. you light your thumbnail on so fire. So look what my wife got Ooh. me for my birthday. There it is. This is the this classic is, Zippo yep. pipe lighter. And there it is, the pipe lighter. I haven't even used it yet, but it's got that. And of course, for those who haven't seen one of these before, you take it and you lay it on top of the bowl of the pipe and light it, and then you're able to puff through the pipe. And it draws yep. the flame down to the tobacco and lights it, and I'm so That's excited. That's less damage, less burning to the top rim of your pipe right, as well. Right. And I'm very, very excited yeah, about uh, about nice. starting to use this. And it is going to be pipe season here very soon because the temperature is finally starting to cool off. Oh, man, the little. weather the last so, few days has been amazing. Maybe we can uh, do another pipe show out over at the New Potato. That's where we did the oh, last one. I'm sure one. I can talk him into And that was, that was a lot of fun. I think we could still distance ourselves far enough if it's just you and me and smoke us some pipes. That sounds like That'd a good idea to me. Uh, crazy enough, the pipe shows, we do about one a year. The pipe shows are always, they always get huge listening. The numbers always spike up on the pipe shows. I don't know if there's a, a, a secret group of pipe lovers out there that, uh, you know, because it would be my guess that cigars are much more popular than pipes. I know I smoke a lot more cigars than Well, I just wonder myself, if, if but, pipe smokers in general are starving for something to yeah, watch looking for someone else who enjoys a pipe right. from time to time <laughs> yeah well uh ian is the best i've ever met with pipe etiquette so he'll go over that for us again when we do the pipe show and the contemplative stare is definitely mm -hmm. is something oh, yeah. you got to work it, on it's, it's a thing there's no question about it uh well in addition to my lovely zippo pipe lighter uh i received a uh, very nice gift from adam our producer he uh, gave me a nice little uh bag with several cigars in it and nestled in the little group of cigars, I became very excited when I spotted an E.P. Carrillo, Perez Carrillo Pledge. It's the brand new wow. E.P. Carrillo. I had not had one of these yet. This is the one that uh, Ernesto Perez Carrillo assigned uh, some of the the bands on the inside. Yeah, if you take the band off and find one with his signature, you can win a free humidor. So I was very excited about that too. You know, so uh, so I I took this baby and and decided to smoke it for this week's show, mostly because I just couldn't wait to try it. I was so excited. <laughs> um, it's so this particular cigar is the E.P. Carrillo uh, Perez Carrillo Pledge Sojourn. It's a it's called the Sojourn. It's a Toro size. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a six by fifty two. Uh, and it's a gorgeous box-pressed dark brown cigar, and it's got an interesting combination of tobacco. Uh, the wrapper is a Connecticut Havana seed wrapper grown in Massachusetts, which 
you know, you, you get a lot of Connecticut seed grown in Connecticut, mm-hmm. but not as much grown in Massachusetts. So that's a little different. In fact, I don't even know where the I lived in Massachusetts for a while. I have no idea where the <laughs> tobacco where farms are. Right, right. You know, uh, but anyway, uh, that's the that's the wrapper. The binders from Ecuador and the fillers Nicaraguan. So a real interesting blend of tobaccos. Pre-light on the cigar had a peppery, um, kind of a rye note to it. You know, huh. you know the difference if you smell a whiskey and then smell a rye whiskey. Yeah, yeah. That that additional that scent, spiciness, that spiciness yeah. of of the rye, kind of came through, and a nice aroma of earth as well. I used a punch and I lit it up. I got an immediate blast of pepper, which didn't surprise me, but I also got some harshness, which did. Hmm. In fact, it was kind of the last thing I was expecting uh, from this cigar was a bit of a harsh flavor. Almost immediately, it developed a pretty severe burn problem, and you'll see a, 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 an example of that in, Ooh, in the picture that comes in here. Um, and I, I let it go for a few more puffs, but I decided I, I was going to have to tend it because there was no way that was going to straighten itself out. Yeah. yeah. So the harsh flavor... As, as it was burning crooked like this, and I'm assuming the two are related, um, the harsh flavor was kind of overpowering everything else. And honestly, I was afraid I was going to wind up being really disappointed in the cigar if I didn't do something to try to get it on track. So I, uh, I used a uh, torch to even out the burn, and it seemed to work. The harsh flavor kind of settled down. I didn't really have any more burn problems once I corrected it. It wasn't, you know... Razor straight, but it, but it but it it burned pretty well yeah. past that one initial problem, and the harsh flavor settled down. The pepper note became a lot more palatable, not so harsh, uh, and other flavors started to emerge from the cigar. I picked up a slight note of anise or anise, however you say that word. It's that licorice flavored mm-hmm. spice, uh, along with uh, and and by the way, too much of that would have put me off, but just a little was kind of nice mm-hmm. in the mix. Um, it, it also had dark chocolate and a bit of a nuttiness that became really pleasant. Second third of the cigar was much better than the first. The harshness had really gone away. The flavors were more uh, subtle and complex, and the nuttiness got a little more pronounced in the cigar. The chocolate kind of subsided a little bit around the halfway point, but the earthy flavors were a little more prevalent. By the final third, my feelings about the cigar had completely turned around. I went from being like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to be disappointed by this new E.P. Carrillo uh, cigar, uh, to thinking that it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the nuttiness became a little more pronounced, as I said, uh, and there was no more evidence of the harshness I got at first. Black pepper notes were leaving this wonderful tang on my tongue and my palate. Um, unfortunately, I did not find Ernesto Perez Carrillo's signature on the inside of the large band. And I think think I have a photo of the blank inside of the band uh, once I took it off. So I didn't win a humidor. You didn't get the golden ticket. Maybe I will on the next one, though, because I'm definitely going to try another one of these. I want to—I'm I'm convinced this had to be just, you know, one of those one-off things that it burned like that and was harsh. So I'm guessing this isn't going to happen again and hoping so because apart from that, I absolutely loved— uh, this cigar. I wound up uh, smoking the pledge all the way down to the nub. The chocolate notes did come back. Uh, there was a bit of a pleasant salty flavor present in the last third. Uh, it was medium bodied. Flavors were full, but the, the strength of it was medium. And the pledge sojourn is a $12 cigar. 
I wound up really enjoying it. I I would have given this a six if it hadn't had the burn issues mm -hmm. at the beginning. Even with those, I'm going to give it a five on a price to quality scale. And just in case you're new to that, a five is essentially a score that means you got exactly what you paid mm -hmm. for uh, in the cigar. In this case, it was a gift. I didn't pay for it. But if I had paid the $12, I'd have still been happy with my with my price. Yeah. Um, that's how good the cigar was once it got past the initial thing. Like I said, if I smoke another one of these and don't run into that harshness and the burn issue in the first third, uh, I would easily rate it a six. And if you're above a five on the price to quality scale, that means you you feel like you got a little more than you paid that's, for. That's so pretty. That's hard to do at twelve dollars. Yeah. Right. That's absolutely right. If this had been a five dollar cigar, I wouldn't have even worried so much about the harshness and burn as long as it corrected itself. Yeah. Uh, it put me off a little at twelve, but you know what? I'll I'll take it. It was still a very enjoyable experience by the time I was done. And I, went, I did smoke it all the way down. I went down to the uh, Galveston on Cigar Lounge last week and hung out with Mr. Alan Denny. Our buddy And Alan. I got to try one of those. Ah. I didn't have any of the issues. And I, I see, had, I had a feeling it was all the enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. out of two that we've experienced, only one has had slight issues. So we're at least at 50% all right, right now. That's but I enjoyed, I enjoyed I, mine tremendously. And I will be smoking another one. Yeah. So I will let you know. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back in just a moment with our first tasting of the day. Our program is called Smoking and Toasting, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. It's on the internet. It's a great place to get um, to get really cool shirts for cigar lovers. And this just came into me via text uh, right before the show. So I'll maybe, actually, Ian, I think if you show it to the camera, it'll work a little better. That's my that's my good buddy Dave uh, Murphy, who is in Florida, who is a uh, cigar fan. In fact, we had Dave join us on the yeah, show. Yeah, he was once on the show when when he was visiting, and there he is wearing the "You Can't Hurry Up and Smoke a Cigar" shirt. I didn't know he was buying a shirt from the site, so I had no idea which one he would pick. And here, look what he picked. He picked that's, your favorite. That's awesome. That's well, the it's only my favorite because you know. Because you, because you Cause, came up with the same. I came up with that line. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, as I think we've pointed out. So anyway, go online uh, and check them out. They are a sponsor of the show, and we appreciate what they do, and uh, we appreciate their shirts. And you should you should get one. Uh, new designs coming soon to mycigarshirts.com because cigars. cigars. And we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Thank you for joining us for show number two hundred and five. It's smoking and toasting. It is the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, online for cigar fans at uh, MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. Because cigars. In um, a lot of people, we living here in the, you know, in the state of Texas, people you don't normally see people drinking Perrier. Not so much. Sometimes you'll see them with those LaCroix, you know, fizzy waters. But the big winner here is Topo Chico. I had one earlier, yeah. actually. And, and they're wonderful. They're, they're great cold. And 
I have been able to incorporate Topo Chico into a number of different cocktails. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it really is great to have, have you had that. the Twist of Grapefruit one? Oh, yes. It's really Super good. Super good, yeah. It's really good. So what's interesting about Topo Chico is it is going to mark the Coca-Cola company that they make Topo Chico or they own it. It is going to mark their first venture as a company into the world of alcoholic beverages. There is a hard Topo Chico scheduled to come out that Coca-Cola is producing in uh, coordination with Molson Coors that will be hitting the uh, the market here uh, later this year. Topo Chico hard seltzer. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about it either. I just I, I thought I'd pass it along because the the thing that makes it such a big deal is that the Coca-Cola company has to best of my knowledge, never released any kind of alcoholic beverage before. Sure, there's people using their products in cocktails oh, yeah, or yeah. Jack and Coke or whatever whatever you're having, but um, mm, I don't know. I was in Specs for a minute last night, and I I was in the beer section, which is, you know, there's a cold beer section there, too, and I was standing there looking at beer. Mm-hmm. And I hear, and this is, I want you to picture your absolute... Typical hard seltzer drinking chick. White Claw. Okay. Yeah, sure. White Claw. There were two of them. Okay. And a guy that obviously went to the same hair salon. <laughs> okay. And uh, and that's okay. I'm just I'm just painting a picture here. Right. So, you gotcha. Know, I'm not like trying to diss on them. You're not anything. being critical. But um, but they looked as stereotypical white claw drinking as could possibly be and they were standing there complaining amongst themselves at specs which has more selection of pretty much everything right seltzers beers that wines, they didn't have know. some obscure white obscure claw white flavor <laughs> that they could get at some place I, I want I want white claw boysenberry I, and they were, yes and they had the whole whiny voice thing going on and I was like Wow, <laughs> that's a pretty specialized taste right that, there. That is a special. We haven't done our uh, hard seltzer um, blind taste test. Blind taste I, test I think yet. we should probably schedule. I think that, that needs to come up. Yeah, and we need to get someone that really enjoys them. We should get someone that really enjoys them, and we should get somebody that's probably a total like spirit snob who wouldn't ever drink hard seltzer on their own. I'm wondering about our buddy Chris Hart. Yeah, I was going to say you're talking about Chris. Yeah, exactly. And and who knows? Maybe he does like hard seltzer. I don't know. But uh, but I have a feeling with him being yeah. a whiskey expert that his like, taste runs I feel a little like bit that, more. But I also robust. feel like like someone like Mark Burrell would be a whole lot of fun doing. Oh, that. that's so. Maybe we should. All right, we're going to have to set that up. That really? would be a lot or, of fun. Or 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 Dan Crowell, someone with like really refined. Oh, Dan Crowell, who has gone into taste more intense detail about flavors that he's getting out of spirits on this show than yes, anyone. Yes. He's like a professor of of the palate. The, yes, yeah. the professor of flavor. Yeah. So he's uh, yeah. All right. So I'll work on putting that together. Coca Cola, by the way, bought the Topo Chico brand in 2017. Uh, from Arca Continental out of Latin America. Uh, for Molson Coors, this launch will strengthen their portfolio of lower alcohol spirits, including hard seltzers. Um, they will roll it out. I was wrong. It's not coming later this year. They'll roll it out in the first half of 2021, and it will actually be Molson Coors' third hard seltzer uh, to hit the shelves. It will compete with White Claw and the other ones that come out from uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch and stuff. Bud Light hard seltzer, which doesn't that sound like a terrible idea? 
Why would you want a seltzer to taste like a beer? Just have a beer. Uh, isn't that kind of what it is? Well, uh, not really. It's I mean, it's more like a fizzy water, but it's got a little edge to it, you know? I don't know. We'll, no, I'm talking about uh, isn't that what Bud Light is? Oh, yeah, fizzy water, yes. It's like a it's like a fizzy it's like it's like what you You're right. get. Maybe it makes more it's sense like than I'm thinking. It's like what you get if you filled your ice trays full of beer and then put a popsicle stick in it and then let them all melt together. <laughs> I, that's such a great visual. <laughs> that's such a great visual. I like it. Uh, let's get started with a little beer tasting. Ian, I am thirsty. Last week's show featured uh, what do we have? Ten Oktoberfest beers. Ten Oktoberfest beers. And uh, we p- kind of we tasted them blind, picked our favorites. This one, which I was enjoying as a show beer, did really well for both of us. This was the Galveston Island Brewing Oktoberfest. That was so and good. We've had some of Galveston yeah. Island Brewing's beers on the show before. I think this is the first one we've really raved about. We yeah. loved this. Uh, so it'll be interesting to compare this. I need to bring to, maybe, uh, maybe to the Bob Tober Maybe Fest. next week. I, I have one of their coffee reserves. Ooh. Um, at the house that I was kind of saving for the show, and then I forgot about it. But I need to bring that too. Let's let's talk about that. So That'd this is. Bob Toberfest. It literally says yep. Bob in giant letters, yes. and then underneath it says Toberfest. It's from uh, Heater Allen Toberfest. Brewing in uh, McMinnville, Oregon. We have two Oregon beers on the show today, and uh, I don't really know much of anything about it, Ian, other than the fact that it's a lager and Man, it's there are an a lot of M's and N's and L's in the name of that place. Yeah, the, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind of the way it is up there in uh, in Oregon. Uh, but yeah, I, at, I, at Heater Allen, well, let, you know what? I'll read that in a minute. Let's let's try the beer. I, I like your I like your sound? sequencing here. That I'm going to do what I can here. Not bad, not bad. All right, yeah, so I thought it'd be interesting to try an Oktoberfest just after we had Oktoberfest last week and still kind of had a bit of the memory of the of those tastes, you know, from uh, from last week. Because uh, I, I tell you what. I know I what you're doing. You're trying to take the edge off of all the pumpkin beers that we're going to have to try oh, in, yeah. in well, the future. I think we're going to have to take the pumpkin beers one at a time. I don't think we're going to do a blind <laughs> taste test again. I don't know if I can do a whole show on pumpkin beer. I mean, I like the occasional pumpkin beer. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to share. Yeah. I, right. I, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to share. And then there was that one exceptional one that tasted like the pumpkin pie crust that was yes, so good. Yes, yes. Uh, let's see. At Heater Allen, we take no shortcuts in our beer from using the best ingredients to give our beers extended lagering. To giving our beers extended lagering time, we believe you can taste the difference. All right, we're gonna put that to the test. Uh, we'll be interested to see what you think. There's not a lot of nose yeah, on this. Yeah, uh, the little bit of nose you Slight get is a malty. fairly, fairly standard lager uh, sort of vibe. And and I will say that's what I really get is it's just a really kind of tasty lager to me. It's got it's like a little a, bit of little bit of baking spice. Yeah, it's like a it's like a maltier lager. Mm-hmm. It's it's very light overall. Very um, easy drinking. Very easy to drink. It says five point six by volume. You don't pick up on any of that. Bob Toberfest is a tribute to owner uh, Rick. Bob Toberfest is a tribute to owner Rick, Rick's late brother Bob, who was a great brewer himself. This seasonal favorite is a traditional Oktoberfest or Marzen. Uh, made with a combination of Vienna and Munich malts and hopped with a healthy healthy dose of spalt. Yeah, this is hoppier than I would expect. It's, it is. It's good. I, I like it. Um, I'm glad that it's really cold. I think this is one that I would like much better much better ice cold than if it were uh, warmed up a little bit toward room temperature. I'm interested to see what it does when it's warm. Because <clears throat> um, I bet the malt flavors are going to come out more. Right now I get a lot of that hop finish, of the hops, a lot yeah. of bitter hop finish. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not a lot of it. It's just a lot compared to what you'd expect out of the. Are you familiar with Heater Allen? Have you, have you heard Never of this heard brewery of before? Yeah, this is my first time to, to try something first from them as well. First time celebrating the life of Bob Allen, brother, teacher, brewer, and friend, it says. Well, I like the, I like nice. the sentiment behind yeah, the Yeah, I can. like that too. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that's cool. It's a, it's a pretty cool way to, to commemorate him with his own Oktoberfest. Um, I'm going to tell you I like it. Now, if we were tasting this in the midst of last week's uh, Oktoberfest blind tasting, I think I'd put it right around the middle of the pack for oh. me. Uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't have made my favorite list probably at the end, but it is really enjoyable and you know it's the type of thing that if you were at the brewery and this were coming right out of the tap, I bet that's really good. It's probably good. Yeah, Oktoberfest, by the way, just to clarify things, is actually a lager. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but this, but it's usually a lager with with bigger flavors and and some spicy. This doesn't have as much of that sort of uh, German um, lager Marzen style uh, flavor to it as I was expecting. It doesn't have that super traditional like the Shiner one did. Right, right. Remember the Shiner? Mm-hmm. Like the, the Shiner first thing was we delicious. Did was like wow, that is like. That is an Oktoberfest. That is as German as a beer gets yeah. right there. <laughs> well, I think they, I think they kind of know how to do that German yeah, brewing right. thing there. In I'm actually so I, brewery. I actually I enjoy it for what it is. I poured myself a little bit more. I actually want to taste it when it's a little warmer and see okay. what happens. Well, I tell you what, I'll let you hang on to that, and we'll try uh, we'll try it again. I'll pour a little bit and let it warm. Uh, we'll try it in the next segment. We're also going to be trying. Or, or retrying, as Ian has pointed out to me, the Rare Barrel Popped Art. It's yes. a red sour beer aged in oak barrels from Rare Barrel Brewing in Berkeley, California. And I'm really, I'm really excited about this one because I don't think I remember it. And I've been like, I've been looking at this bottle in my little beer closet. So the for a show while. that we had that on, I remember it specifically. The show that we had that on, we had my uh, my friend Robert on. Okay. Or DJ. Um, and he was, if you remember, he was the guy that was supposed to be on like the year prior and then never showed up. Oh, yes. I remember that. Yeah. But yeah, he brought some beers uh, from uh, out from California and on the way. And mm-hmm. that was one of the ones that he brought. Um, and but that we had a sense. whole bunch of different beers that day, too. So Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't remember it as distinctly if we had, we had lots that. of beers or if I'd had lots of beers before I tried the Pop-Tart. But we'll try it next on the show. Drinking news is still on the way. You're biking to where? And uh, we'll also get into our list of the uh, best cigars of 2020. We have a couple of lists to cover off for you. So we'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It is show number 205. We are talking about the best cigars of 2020 today, and we'll get into that in just a moment. We're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great place to shop for yourself and other cigar fans on the web. Holidays are coming up. You can uh, support smoking and Toastin' by, uh, by supporting our sponsor. MyCigarShirts.com. Because um, cigars. Because cigars. In um, we don't deal as much with wine on this show as we do with other spirits, although today we'll be trying an Armagnac, which is a grape-based uh, spirit. But 
I'm really becoming concerned. It's, it's because there's no whining in cigar smoking. Uh, I guess that's right. I guess that's right. Well, there's there's something that's really concerning me though about one of the major wine producing regions in the world, and that's that it's on fire. Northern oh, California yeah. wine country is in there. It's tough up there right now. The um, the area has already had major evacuations. The Glass Fire is the name of the fire that's affecting the um, uh, the wine producing region up near Napa, and in uh, near Saint Helena, about 15 miles north of Napa, one winery, Chateau Boswell, has already burned. Oh, now think about this as you know. Obviously, you've feel for the people there who are being forced out of their homes, for the people that their winery is, and that's their life's work. Yeah. You know, this is this is everything that, and wineries, that they do. you can't pop it up and be right, operating. Right, right, you can't just rebuild after the uh, after the fire and be, be operational. Um, but also think about, for pe- I mean, California wines are a big deal everywhere. Yeah. They're a huge part of the wines that are sold. Imagine what this is going to do to wine prices and wine availability for your favorite California Reds and and all the other wine that comes out of the Napa Valley region. And man, I got to tell you, it's like California. California is the wheels on the dumpster fire of 2020. They are just taking it harder than any other state, man. It's tough. I don't know. I don't even know what to say except our hearts go out to them, and we hope. We hope they can get those things under control. And for God's sake, if you're doing a gender reveal party, don't set crap on fire. That's how one of the major fires started. Oh. It was a gender reveal party where they set off fireworks yeah, yeah, in either pink or blue, you know, to reveal the baby's, you know, gender. And those fireworks started one of these major oh, fires geez. that burns out of control. Anyway, our our best thoughts go out to uh, our our wine friends in Napa Valley, and we sure enjoy drinking what you guys uh, produce. So, I uh, hope you can hope you can weather through it. At least most of the uh, most of the wineries up there. Um, Ian, we are we are excited to get into our list of um, of the best cigars of 2020. The cigar trophy winners have been announced. Uh, through an article in Cigar Journal, but before we do that, that that bottle looks so beautiful on Mister Torlegig, the uh, rare barrel um, popped popped art, and I'm so I'm so interested to see if tasting it will jog my memory of having had it before. Well, so the labels are always a little different. I wonder if it's a little different from year to year, like. Um Was it one we had before in a bomber? Was it a big one like yeah, that? Yeah, it was. But okay. it had a little bunny on the front, I think. Uh, oh, do you need a bottle opener, sir? I don't even have. No, I think I'm. A... Oh, there's one. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Fortunately, Adam had one in hand, and we are about to drink. Oh um, my gosh! Oh, can you smell it as soon as you opened it? It's amazing already. <laughs> well, that's good. It's so interesting that. You know, both of us will say that sours are not our favorite kind of beers, and we've got friends that well, I, don't yeah, like sours at all. I, I and yet, every I time love sours. every time we have a sour on the show, we seem to absolutely enjoy it. It's uh, uh, I, I like them too. I, I love sours. Uh, they're super safe at my house. My wife won't drink. Your them. wife won't drink them. Yeah, and she's like, it was funny because she loves sour candy. You would like, think this would appeal. You'd to figure her, that then. there'd be something, some kind of correlation there, but apparently not. She's not much oh. for sour beers. 
Oh, this has this got is, a wonderful nose. The nose isn't it? is huge on this. Wow, leg. wow, wow, wow. All right, it's like so, blueberry, and what else am I getting? Uh, let me see what and, it says. It says red sour beer aged in oak barrels with blueberries, boysenberries, which was what I imagined that the seltzer people might be looking for. Uh, boys, blueberries, boysenberries, and tart <laughs> cherries. It's 8.5%, and they say on here that popped art is blended, uh, blended red sour beer aged in oak barrels with a crazy amount of fruit. Fermented with a mixed culture. Pop-Tart mixes notes of cherry pie filling, ripe blueberries, and jammy boysenberries mm. with hints of marmalade and lemon there preserve. There is a jam, a very, like, jam slash preserves um, flavor that threads throughout this. And I have to tell you, this is so good. Mm. Like, but the the oak finish and the tart. Ooh. Oh, I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes your... your the the area like, below your ears. I want of, this with rhubarb pie. Yeah, Can and I don't imagine? even like rhubarb pie, but I would have this with rhubarb, rhubarb pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got a uh, it's got a distinct booziness to it too, which is not always the case with the sour. Yeah, you definitely know you're drinking something that has some alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. On the finish, like when you when you when you swallow, it has that. That's when you really get the that flavor. Dry wine mm-hmm. kind of finish in your breath there. Uh, I was checking. I know I said earlier, but it's eight and a half percent is the ABV on this, so it's 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 pretty boozy. So the blueberry stands out to me like mm-hmm. big time. The blueberry and that um, pie crust. What's interesting is on the front, it has a sort of a almost a, a carbonated sort of a sweet candy vibe. Mm-hmm. But that's once, that jamminess. But it. once you swallow. Here comes the booze. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that really. Okay, this was fermented. You know, it's got that, it's got that oak barrel uh, sort of uh, sort of vibe to it that really kind of sends it over the top. And the uh, the mouthfeel on this, sparkling wine. Yes, and it very much is like a wine the way that it finishes. It's not super carbonated like a champagne style thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty highly carbonated, but it's not over the top carbonated. But it's a very sparkling wine kind of finish. Well, I can tell you that if you are able to get your hands on one of these, this is one to open up and share when you've got friends over. Oh, man. This is an at-the-end-of-the-meal, hey, everybody, we're going to try something special kind of a uh, kind of a beer. Do yourself a favor. Make rhubarb pie with it. Yeah, I I would actually eat that. And I'm like I said, I'm not a rhubarb pie guy, but that's good. Popped art. Popped now, art I, is a blended red sour. You already read this, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. But you know what's interesting to me about this is I was expecting maybe a little more of a of a sweeter, um, almost like a you know, berry pop tart experience. And it really doesn't come across that way to me at all. So I'm a little surprised at the name, but but the way they hyphenate it and make it popped art does make a little more sense. I guess there's I guess there's a hint of that pop tart. Well it's vibe. got a little of that crust uh right. Right. That that pie crust now in that, there. Now that I said that and I'm it's a, thinking it's a I'm, weird I'm, I'm wrong. place for it because like if if you separate the way it hits my palate, it hits the very outside of the tongue on the very last part of the uh of the uh the experience. Mm-hmm. 
And then it's almost swept away a little bit by the dryness, the oak dryness. Right, and that booziness and, on the And end. the booziness yeah. of the time. But then if you let it sit for a little while and don't take another sip, it comes back and just lingers around the outside of the palate. And that's really, really nice. Mm. I'm digging it. In fact, this is this is really one of those. Uh, I hope this doesn't sound too corny. But this is one of those beers that you want to open up, and share, and everybody just start telling stories. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like this is this is one of those communal type of things. It's really good. Pop tart from the folks at Rare Barrel Brewing in Berkeley, California. Well, Ian, every year the um, there are a lot of different cigar awards and and best of lists. That are put together. Cigar Aficionado does their uh, list. I actually have, I should have brought it in for today's show. I actually have the Cigar Snob uh, list of the, uh, that was in the last about that one. I need magazine to, I need to of 2020. To that. I enjoy that magazine. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- but I've got their list of their best cigars for 2020. Uh, but there's only one list that I know of, or at least that I know of, uh, where the Winners are decided by consumers as opposed to like a right. panel of judges or tasters or or the editors of a magazine or a website. Um, the winners of the coveted public awards were announced in the presence of the biggest names of the industry recently for what is called the 2020 Cigar Trophy Awards. To determine the shortlist, readers were asked to nominate their top candidates in the category's best brand, best cigar, best value, Best Accessory and Best Lounge, and then to determine the winner from the top five. Uh, they say they were pleased that the public awards are enjoying unwavering growth and popularity with cigar smokers from all over the world. So, here you go with Best Brand for 2020. There's actually four categories. Best Brand Cuba 2020 went to Partagas. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, a, a real D, Cuban Partagas four. is a thing of wonder. Mm-hmm. And I would say that Partagas, uh, uh, you know, I'm not super knowledgeable on Cubans, but I think Partagas has done a better job of maintaining their quality over time. You know, a Cuban Cohiba can be a great thing, too. But I've had some that were just okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, I, I think Partagas, when I've had a... A Cuban Partagas, and it's been a real one. You gave me a Serie D not that long ago, I remember, and it's just it's just an so exceptional yeah. cigar. It's just really good. Uh, best brand Dominican Republic for 2020. The award went to the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos line. Oh yeah, that brand, and that is a tough one to argue with. It, it really is. Best brand Honduras went to the Camacho Corojo. Hmm. Uh, that that line that brand. Uh, for 2020. And the best uh, brand, Nicaragua, uh, the award went to the Oliva Serie V. Um, That's such a great Which cigar. is a really, really great cigar. Now, I'm not completely sure how that winds up being a brand rather than a specific cigar. But there's a whole other category for best cigar. Maybe it's like, you know, Artist of the year and entertainer of the well, year. I don't know. I guess maybe maybe brand would be because a lot of the uh, companies I think they look at it like this. We are the Oliva Cigar Company, mm-hmm. and one of our brands is Siri V, and one of our brands is Siri G, and one of our right, brands is right. I, I suppose that's right. Still, it kind of seems like 
splitting the hairs between you know song of the year and single of the year or something right. you know it's right, like okay right. uh it seems like you just wanted to give out another award and that's fine <laughs> best cigar 2020 for cuba it was the cohiba bihike bhk 52 i have not ever had one of those nope. i have had the cigars international um inspired by the Cohiba BEK, and it's actually pretty good for a for an El Chipo cigar. Uh, but it's no way for me to judge that one, so I'll have to take their word for that one. Uh, Best Cigar Dominican Republic 2020 uh, went to the Davidoff Grand Cru Toro. And the Grand Cru, I'm not a big fan of Davidoff because most of their cigars are a lot lighter than what yeah, I like. Yeah. But this Grand Cru, that's an Grand exceptional smoke and expensive, too. And expensive. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Best Cigar Honduras for 2020. Went to the Rocky Patel Number no. Six Robusto. Ah, that's a good cigar. I mentioned that Adam gave me cigars for my birthday. Not only was that E.P. Carrillo uh, a cigar in there, but there's also a Rocky Number no. Six. It's sitting in my humidor. Oh yeah, I, I it's, reviewed it's actually, that one just it's recently actually too. Calling to me right now. I can kind of hear it softly in the background. Is that what I was hearing? Back yeah, there? yeah. That's number six. That's number six. Yeah, it's calling me. Imagine you waking up at the night in the night with the smell on your nostrils. And <laughs> yeah, it's just wafting it. over. Yeah, I'll sleepwalk to the humidor and go out to the uh, go out to the balcony and smoke a cigar in my sleep. That's what I think I'll do. <laughs> uh, best cigar Nicaragua, twenty twenty, the Perdomo ESV Imperio Sun Grown Box Pressed. Mm, Have you good. had the ESV? Yes. Okay, okay, very good. Yes. And best cigar, other countries went to the uh, Toscano Antico from Italy. Don't know that. Um, I don't know that one either. I, I don't smoke a lot of Italian cigars, uh -uh. so uh, that's I uh, Best cigar lounge went to Soho Cigar Bar in New York City. Of course, it's been closed. I think for uh, a big chunk of yeah. 2020, but still, it's a it's it's a pretty cool place. Um, charity and community. Our friends at Cigars for Warriors took the award. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, best Cigar Accessory 2020. And I couldn't agree with this more. The Boveda Humidity Control Packs. Oh, those that are amazing. That is totally the greatest uh, so cigar, uh, cigar accessory out there. Uh, Outstanding Art uh, 2020. It just says here, Cigar Package Design. I don't know what that means. Uh, Lifetime Achievement went to Robert G. Levin. And the Best Value Cigars uh, for 2020. Best Dominican Republic, value cigar, the La Aurora Cameroon 1903. That is a very mm -hmm. nice cigar and not too expensive. Um, I'm not familiar with the Honduran winner. Uh, it's the v uh, Vila Zamorano. Are you familiar Ooh. with Vila Zamorano? Mm -hmm. I will have to look for that. And uh, the best value in Nicaragua uh, was the Padron Classic Series. I'll take issue with that, but you kind of understand why it won. It's probably one of the better known lesser expensive uh, Nicaraguan cigars. On a side note, I just went back and revisited our first beer, which was the... Oh, the uh, the Bobtoberfest. Bobtoberfest. Mm -hmm. um, and now that it's much warmer, it mm -hmm. doesn't stand up so well. I liked it better cold. Yep. I liked it better cold. Of course, you have to think, though, you're having it after you've had the sour on your palate. That could be affecting you as well. You want to try a palate cleanse and do it one more time? That's a Shiner beer palate cleanse, by okay. the way. Okay, and that's a that's pretty good. Pretty that's a pretty good palate cleanse. Yeah, for sure. Um, it it did make a difference, but I don't know that it's that much better. It's a, there's a hopness to this. I liked it cold the best. That lingers, 
It's mm-hmm. a hop resiny bitterness at the end of an Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. which is to me a little strange. And if if maybe if you're a more of a hop head than me, that might appeal to you. Uh, you mentioned, by the way, Shiner as a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that um, as someone who loves IPAs but also loves cigars and they don't always mix, the Shiner is a great palate. The Shiner Bach is a great mm-hmm. palate cleanser. If you've just had a kind of a hoppy IPA, you're wanting a cigar, have a Shiner first. It will do the trick and reorient your palate in a way that you'll be able and to really, I have never really met a cigar that doesn't it. go with a Shiner. Uh, I, nor have I. It's one of the most cigar-friendly beers yeah. I've ever had. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back. We have more cigars to tell you about because Cigar Aficionado has released their list of 16 cigars that uh, you should really be uh, smoking this fall. So we'll get to that. That's some of their best of 2020. And in our next segment, it's spirit time. A little Armagnac. This will change your palate in a completely different way. <laughs> and we're looking forward to that as we uh, continue with smoking and Toasting, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Smoking and toasting. So nice to have you guys on board for show number 205. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. The coolest shirts for cigar fans, all, all starting under 20 bucks, by the way. Grab them for yourself or for anyone you know that loves cigars at MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. cigars. Yes. I was uh, taking a look at the uh, comments on our uh, Facebook live stream. Uh, Kevin Berry uh, checked in to wish me a happy birthday, which was nice. And then he also asked, Uncle Ian has a contemplative stare? Yes, it's uh, it's just like your dad's uh, contemplative stare, except for one third less confusion and anger. Okay, well there you go. I, I, you know you you came up with that quick, so clearly <laughs> this is something you've thought about before. <laughs> clearly, it's something you've thought about before. Um, so, Ian, we have another great list here. This is cigar, cigar aficionado. I think they just I think they just love lists and and so it makes our job easy because we just sell. We just yeah, we just we just uh, uh, go on with their list. They say summer brought many memories from socially distant barbecues to intimate moments with family and everything in between. Um they say while we made the best of a novel situation, certain things remain true. One of those was the enjoyment of a handmade cigar whether it was out on the patio or spaced out amongst friends and families. Um, they pointed out that there was no shortage of new cigars rolling out, and so they put up a list of uh, cigars, the 16 best cigars you need for the fall, and I think most of these are fairly new iterations. So let me just run through these real quick, and then we'll have us some Armagnac. Maybe you want to put that boy oh, up on oh. Mr. Twirly oh, yeah, or, yeah, or, you can, pop, or you can start, start a pouring. I'm going to go ahead and start pouring it. Uh, we start with, and this scored 94 points, in uh, in uh, cigar aficionado, it's the Cohiba Esplendido. Oh, that was nice. 
Uh, the Cohiba Esplendido is a Cuban cigar, uh, and it earned the number one spot in their, or I'm sorry, the number 11 spot in the top 25 of 2014. They smoked it again this last year and uh, said it's one of the best sticks of the year so far. So that's uh, from Cigar Aficionado. Of course, they get their hands on Cuban cigars. We're no longer allowed to bring them back from Cuba if we uh, if we go to visit, according to new regulations that the president put in place recently. So, yeah, kind of a bummer with that. But, you know, we'll, we will soldier on. Uh, at, it, also on the list, coming in with a score of 93 from Nicaragua, the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series Imperial Maduro. Which uh, again, hard to argue with. You that almost cigar. got one of those. Yeah, yeah but but I'm no, I am in no way disappointed with your selection here, sir. This this is going to be fantastic. Well, we went straight top shelf. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, the Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio Connecticut Robusto, yeah. also a Nicaraguan cigar, uh, scored ninety three points in uh, Cigar Aficionado. That Antonio line is good. Yeah, they uh, this one is covered with a light Connecticut seed wrapper from Ecuador. It's a milder blend in their and Antonio blend. Uh, which is kind of a spicier blend overall. This particular one is a little milder. Rocky Patel number six, Corona. Yep. This thing keeps popping up today, doesn't it? Yeah, yep. Uh, they are uh, giving it 93 points. They say although Rocky also produces um, cigars in Nicaragua, this one made in Honduras with mostly uh, Honduran tobacco is named after its test blend, and it performed outstanding. I feel like this is going to be iconic in the in the Rocky line, much like the 1992 is. You know, he always. I, I just I feel and, like those are going to be. And what is the one I love? Is it the 55? Yeah, the 55. I love the yeah. 55. That's such a wonderful cigar. Great. Uh, the Casa Torrent Siri 1973 Torpedo from Mexico mm -hmm. scored 93 points. Uh, it uses the uh, very complex San Andres tobacco from farms in the San Andres Valley of Mexico. The Cohiba Lancero, also from Cuba, uh, scored 93 points in the, uh, in the tasting, and they recommend it here. The Viva La Vida Jester. Uh, is a cigar that made their list. I don't know that one. It's it's got a you know the you know looks like a guy from a New Orleans parade on the uh, on the band you know the jester look. Uh, it is dark and powerful, cloaked in a Nicaraguan wrapper, and it is a Nicaraguan puro robusto by AJ, AJ Fernandez. Yes. Yep. And so I haven't had this. I've got to get my hands on a Viva La Vida immediately. Uh, being the AJ fanboy that I am. Herrera Esteli, Brazilian Maduro Lonsdale from Nicaragua, uh, comes in at 92 points and makes the list, as does the La Aroma de Cuba Edición Especial, number mm. two, from Nicaragua. I had the La Aroma uh, de Cuba um, Mi Amor, uh, that was what I talked about last week, and I sure did enjoy that one. Uh, I'm trying to remember now if I've had the Edition Especial, number two. Uh, if I haven't, I will. Um, I notice you're sampling the Armagnac. I'm pairing. You're pairing. Are you pairing the Armagnac with a sour? Try it. Okay. Well, I haven't. I haven't even tried the Armagnac. So you want to uh, take a so second, or you want to go cigars let's, for a minute? Let's let's take a second, and uh, why don't you take that that bottle and tell us what we're dealing with? I know most of the bottles in French, but there is a little is a little English on the back there. I think, uh... unless your French is really up to par. I was I was gonna read it in French, but oh, it is actually all in English. <laughs> so, so read it in English with a with, with an Inspector Clouseau French accent. <laughs> oh, Kito, I love the Armagnac. 
that didn't even sound like Clouseau. That sounded like that sounded like a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that sounded Why like. Is the Pink Panther such a funny? Movie? I don't know, but it's it's, it's so hilarious. good. It's so good. Uh, Chateau de Lacroix, mm-hmm. the oldest family-owned estate producing Armagnac, has been distilled, handcrafted, uh, has been distilling handcrafted Armagnac since 1711. Mm, that's a that's long a time. little bit of family yeah. history, right? Yeah. From vines planted on an exceptional soil of light, tawny marine sand with clay and shell sediments. That's getting into your terroir. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's, that's digging in right there. Well, I've you know, never, it, I've never thought it. to myself, this beer, the maltiness beer, was grown in a light, airy soil consisting of. Yeah. Anyway, shell uh, <laughs> shell fragments. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty brilliant. Considered in France as one of the top producers of Armagnac, the estate continues in tradition its tradition of excellence. Um, by overseeing every step of production, only bottling what comes from its own vineyards, distillery, and aging cellars, Chateau de la Croix, mm-hmm. Armagnacs, I, I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, by the way, Armagnacs are exclusively aged in French oak barrels of 110 gallons and are free of any additives such as color or wooded caramel. Mm. Um, they are prized for their balance, elegance, complexity, expressive aromas of candied nuts, Oak, spice, vanilla, dried figs, chocolate, and long, creamy finish. The present owner, Giles de Boisesson. Boisesson? I'm going to take your word for it. Close enough. Is the 10th generation to run the Chateau de la Croix. Uh, we need that guy on the show. Yes, so he can pronounce his name correctly. Because, yes. Well, what, what's your? Forgive my ignorance, but I, I literally have no idea how to pronounce some of those. So uh, well, if I if I offend anybody, I'm super sorry. But I do trust your palate, though. What do you What do you think of the Simon Yang? So I, I love the list that they have on there. Let me just reiterate the list um, that they say on here is um, candied nuts, oak spices, vanilla, dried figs chocolate and long creamy finish i do get pretty much all of that um not to so just the be first unoriginal thing that jumps say, out to me like on the nose is the fig and the chocolate mm-hmm. like those things just just marry right off the bat right right on the nose it's such a different you know i mean it's such a different spirit experience than a whiskey or a so, rum take a tiny sip mm-hmm. and before you swallow let it sit in your mouth and just take a nice long inhale chocolate for mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. and then that is where the chocolate shows up yeah and then when you swallow after you do that like chocolate just kind of goes poof yes, across your you whole get, palate you get chocolate in a way that you don't get if you just sip and swallow and it's not a milk chocolate it's a rich creamy chocolate mm-hmm. but it's not like a like a milk chocolate like you think it's almost like a creamy fudge. but there's that fig that darkness in there mm-hmm. too that's uh that's uh, uh that that shows up. So it's like it has a lot of bright flavors, but then that darkness shows up. There's that um, nutty flavor is almost like the pecan shell. Yeah. Well, they said or didn't they say candy shell. Candy said nuts. Candy is, nuts. Yeah, I get a little bit of that, but I yeah. get also that stringency from the shell or the oak. Mm-hmm. The stringency really makes it taste a little more like the shell. It's this is a complex mm-hmm. and interesting. Drink. Uh, I wish we had our our buddy Chris Hart on to try this because I know he's yeah pretty, he loves the pretty Army. knowledible on the army. Well, you know, I, I I spit a um a uh, a proposal to him at some point in time. I sent him a text and said, hey, you know, we need to do a show or a, an event dedicated to Armagnacs and call it the Armyacathon. Did he respond? I don't think so. 
I don't think he dignified it with a response whatsoever. I think sometimes, yeah. sometimes, like my sense of humor to him is like, I think he just sits there and blinks his eyes. Yeah. And goes, well, no. you know, he is a whiskey expert after all. <laughs> He's being held to certain standards, uh, you know, of expertise. I don't know if my sense of humor goes above his head or below his. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, notice. Your, uh, so, what's your take on this? Do you like it? And and if so, how much? I like it. I actually like this a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like how interestingly different it is. I like whiskeys that are very chocolatey. Uh, as you know, right. I, do, I enjoy this. As too. you know, Whitmire's is one of my absolute favorites, and it's incredibly chocolatey and sweet and delicious mm-hmm. and everything else, and almost always like sixty percent or something like that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, this has that chocolatiness that I really, really, really like. But it finishes so different from a whiskey or a bourbon. You know, it's 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 good. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It, it, what, it's a little grapey. Uh-huh. Well, and, and it is made yeah, from grapes. Yeah, gra- so. you kind of taste that grapey and the oaky kind of thing in it. I like just being able to change up the spirit experience because this is a very different drinking experience than a whiskey or a rum or a tequila. One of my more spiritual friends. I am spiritual in that way. Yes. Maybe only in that way. But in that way, I definitely am. But- now that you have that on your palate, thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want me to go back to the side? I want you to take a sip of this rare barrel and, okay. and watch what happens to the palate once you have all this chocolate on there. Okay, that's very interesting. It is actually quite interesting. All right. Fortunately, we had a big bomber, so I because had some left. Take that sip. Rhubarb. Yes. It just tastes like rhubarb in the best possible way. It changes the finish completely. I get that tart cherry now on the finish that I just absolutely love. To me, there are very few desserts in the world that can compete with a tart cherry pie with vanilla ice cream on top. Yep. Mm. Mm. This is delicious. Now, I I like this actually better after the Armagnac than Mm. I even did before. I don't know that I like it better, but it's interesting how it... It changes all those complex flavors that were in the rare barrel to uh, a rhubarb cherry pie. Well, hang on to your armagnac because it also brings out that uh, the, the the pie crust flavor in there. Yes, it does. You get more of that. Maybe that's why I was picking up more on that tart cherry pie because like, you get a little of the crust along with like the cherry. Like a little pie crust flavor and almost like some white powdered sugar on there. I am liking it. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to finish this uh, this cigar list. We're going to uh, bring you drinking news, and we're also going to taste a, and this will be interesting after where we've gone so far here, a uh, a milk stout that was aged in bourbon barrels. It's a big part of what we're uh, what we're tasting on the show today, and it is called Rhino Suit. It comes to us from Ale Song Brewing. It's an imperial milk stout aged in bourbon barrels from Eugene, Oregon. So it'll be interesting to pair that up with some of this stuff. All right, so we'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for enjoying show number 205 with us. Welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Toasting. It is the radio program and podcast 
that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're on show number 205, talking about the best cigars of 2020. We'll get back to that list in a moment, but we're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Let me say that better. MyCigarShirts.com. Say that three times fast. Easy to find on the web and very cool uh, T-shirt designs for cigar lovers, and they start under 20 bucks, so they're not ripping you off. It's good stuff. You like your shirt, right? You know why? Yeah. Because cigars. Because cigars. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. So grab a cup while we gather round. Saddle up while we drink them down. I've got a story and I swear it's true. So now it's time for drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news, drinking news, drinking news. Oh, the fade out. That was nice. I hadn't, I hadn't yeah. heard the fade out version before. It was an analog was nice. fade out right yeah. there. <laughs> well, I would love to tell you. Uh, I would love to tell you that our drinking news story uh, today starts uh, with a Florida man, but unfortunately, I can't. <clears throat> I can, however, tell you that I, I I chose this drinking news story. And drinking news for those of you who are new to the program uh, is a news story that we like to share with you that may or may not be about drinking, but is in fact probably best enjoyed as a story when you are drinking. And these are at least purported to be true and gathered from news outlets across the globe. In I picked this story because I know what a um, what a big deal uh, cycling is to you. You you love, love riding your bike. You're uh, you ride mountain bikes. You ride in the uh, the MS one fifty mm-hmm. uh, just about every year um, to raise money for uh, you know for charity. It's a uh, it's it's a wonderful thing. It's not only good for you. I see you struggling a little bit to cut open this uh, this I'm actually prepping it because I figured while you're talking, I'll just make sure it's ready to open. Perfect. Well, this story is about a cyclist raising money for uh, for charity. He's raising money for Yemen relief, and he's from Chicago, Illinois. His name is Ruben Lopez. Uh, Ruben is concerned with you know what's going on in Yemen. Wants to raise money to help support the people there. And so he decided he would go on this bike quest and ride exactly 69 miles from Washington State. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, exactly 69 miles per day. Per day. Okay, that makes more sense. I was going to say, and, 69 miles is not that big a deal. And a total trip of 2,500 miles. Okay. Uh, he says that it, the trip's still not over. He's uh, planning to complete this trip in, Newfound- in Newfoundland and Labrador. He's been planning to participate in several bike tours this year, but they were all canceled to, uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So he decided to take on this particular ride as a way to raise awareness and money for Yemen Relief and Reconstruction Foundation, which provides humanitarian aid to the war-torn country. Nothing I've shared with you so far has given you any idea why I chose this story for Drinking News. But here it comes. Ruben Lopez of Chicago, Illinois, is riding in his special 2,500-mile bike ride to make a point. He's beginning the ride at Poo Poo Point 
in Washington State and ending at Ohio's PP Creek. I <laughs> don't know what to say. He's riding from Poo Poo Point to PP Creek. Of course he is. Of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> the only possible reason for me to share this story with you is to get to say Poo Poo Point and PP Creek. Creek. I, I'm yeah. going to tell you something. So cyclists are nuts, okay? Yeah. Serious cyclists are nutty, really, mm -hmm. really nutty people. There's a whole bunch of people out there that do what they like to call Everesting. Really? What that is is... I can only guess. You find a cyclist, and that cyclist finds a hill. And then he will repeatedly climb up and down this hill until he has climbed the same amount of feet as the top of Mount Everest mm. on his bicycle. That's called Everesting. That seems People a little radical to me. do that for... By the way, I don't know if you saw the, the photo. That's not actually the man's bike in PP Creek. Uh, it's just a reasonable facsimile thereof. <laughs> Wanted to make sure I shared that. That's not an actual photo from the story. I, cycl <laughs> cyclists are nuts. I, I'm, I, I'm I get gonna it. Tell you. Then again, you know, back back when I was uh, you know a morning radio show host, I used to search the wires diligently for any news story that would allow me to say the name of the famous lake. Lake Titicaca. Titicaca. Because it's just fun to say. It's kind of like Poo Poo Point and Pee Pee Creek. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Admittedly, I'm still in junior high school. I'm okay with that. I am totally okay with that. Open that bad boy up, Ian, while I go back to this list of cigars. Uh, we have more cigars to share from Cigar Aficionado's list of cigars that you should totally it is be smoking for the opening. summer. I'm going to let you keep working on it. Uh, thankfully, you brought the knife. They really packed this baby in Man, there good like, there at Ailsong. It's like... It's like Three sixteenths of wax. Yeah, yeah, on there. it's it's heavily waxed. The Punch La Isla Exclusivo Cuba. It's a, cu a Cuban cigar. It scored ninety one points. It's a regional edition. They say just for Cuba. So I don't know why they put it on this list because none of us are going to be able to get Ever. one and smoke it this fall. But you know, anyway, it's there. The Casa Cuba Double Tres is a Dominican cigar. Uh, it rated ninety one points when the late Carlos Fuente Senior created this cigar in twenty thirteen. It was the first new commercial blend he'd made in decades. Old school in style. It features uh, finesse over power, but is bold in the right places without being too showy or brash. You okay there, sir? Owned it. Okay, good. Good to know. Uh, the Viaje Circa 45, number one, from Nicaragua, scored 91 points. Used to be a uh, European exclusive, but it's now available in the States. Uh, the Fuente Fuente, Opus X Fuente Fuente. That's a lot of Fuentes. That's, scored, that's very many Fuentes. It scored 91 points. It's from the Dominican Republic, perhaps the most mysterious of the industry's cult cigars. Uh, the Muwat Nightcrawler. Muwat stands for My Uzi Weighs a Ton. I haven't had the Nightcrawler. Yeah, and the Nightcrawler is from Nicaragua. 91 points layered with near-black San Andreas wrapper from Mexico, complete with Ecuadorian Connecticut shade binder and spicy filler from Brazil. That sounds like my kind of cigar. And finally, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli Churchill from Nicaragua, scoring at 91 points. And I've had that cigar, and it is truly wonderful. Truly wonderful. Yes. Uh, all right, so you have uh, managed to uh, get this ale. Dude, I just, oh, just want to point out, look what ale. I had to do to the lid to get that off. It's from Ale Song. Wow, you you <laughs> you tore that bad boy up. Uh, it's from Ale Song. 
Uh, but it is their Rhino Suit. Alesong Brewing and Blending is the name of the company. It's Rhino Suit Imperial Milk Stout aged in bourbon barrels. Ian, it's 12.4%. This is in your wheelhouse, This is bitter friend. and angry and dark, and it's delicious. Bitter, angry, dark, and delicious. Now, it's a milk stout. I always think of milk stouts as being a little creamier, a little less in your face. Wait till you try it. Uh, this is uh, just get a little coffee on the on the nose. It's very coffee, and very coffee bitter. Wow. Yeah, it does have some creaminess to it though. I always expect a milk stout to be a little creamier than just like a Russian Imperial Stout. I want to. Or... I want to point out that um, this right here mm-hmm. is the exact amount of carbonation that this beer should mm-hmm. have. Like they nailed that. I completely perfectly. agree with you. There's just enough. I always find it off-putting when a, a darker beer like this has either too much or too little carbonation. So I'll go with too much. If it has too little carbonation, I'm fine. It could be completely flat. If it's a good dark stout, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's flat. It's, if it tastes well, good. This is a good dark stout. It is delicious. Wow. I'm still kind of reeling from the 12.4%, to be honest with you. Uh, that's a heady brew. Like a song, each Beer is our expression. The enjoyment and interpretation is yours. Mm, 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 mm. Yep, thirty-one IBUs. Which Saccharomyces. So, what's your take on it? We've had plenty barrels. of. We'd have had These plenty are of stouts. Heaven Hills barrels. Oh, Heaven Hill barrels. Wow. Yep. Ian, we've had plenty of stouts, milk stouts, and otherwise on the show. How does this one strike you? This is my favorite kind of stout. It's yeah. unapolo- unapologetically everything that it is. It's 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 boozy as hell. It's boozy. It's chocolatey. It's coffee. There is a little creaminess in there from it being the milk stout or the lactose that they put in there. Um, but it's bitter. Yes. Like it ends. I drink black coffee. See, but the bitter isn't and this chocolate is and that yeah. chocolate black coffee bitter. Yes. I was about to say the bitter is, is good. A, a black coffee and chocolate bitter. Yeah, not a not a hop bitter. Although right. it might come from the hops, but it doesn't, it doesn't give you that hop bitter uh, uh, sensation. No, it's delicious. This is this is one of my favorites. I think that we've had. Wow, one of your favorite stouts that we've had, like a song. And beer is our expression. Did you read this? Mm-hmm. The enjoyment and interpretation is yours. Ale song brewing is a. Uh, a pretty well-respected brewing a brewery in Eugene, Oregon. I've read a lot of great things about them as a brewery, and we've had an ale song beer on before, but I don't think it was a stout. I think it may have been um, may have been something else. I don't remember, but I do know. You know, I like I like how this just this is like a lot of what we have here in uh, in Houston. We have Brash Brewing, mm-hmm. and their stouts they're Brash. This is the name of the brewing company, so that mm-hmm. should tell you what their beers are like, and they are very unapologetic about it. And this is very much something along the lines of that. And it's my favorite kind of stout. It's just big and bold and, and badass. Going from the ale song. It also leaves raisin on the lips. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Going from the ale song back to the Armagnac. Oh, interesting because gives it's you, so chocolatey. Gives you a nice chocolate burst on the Armagnac. However... I don't like it nearly as much coming back from the Armagnac to the Imperial oh, Stout. It makes that Armagnac taste like chocolate and grape. Mm-hmm. Like 
So now, chocolate. now go back like to the white stout. Grapes. I didn't like it as much going back to the stout. I liked going stout to almanac. To Armagnac. Sorry, not, not Armagnac. You like going from the stout to the almanac? The stout to the almanac, yeah. The farmer's almanac, the farmer's almanac. is my favorite. Um, if you're going to have an almanac, it might as well be the farmer's. Uh, <laughs> but going from the Armagnac back to the stout, I didn't like as much. Yeah, I, the Armagnac doesn't play as well with the stout as the stout does with the Armagnac. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, that's how stout's outstanding. It really is. So several really outstanding beers, a couple of outstanding beers here on the show today. I enjoyed the Bobtoberfest, but I thought the Rare Barrel and the Ale Song were standouts, didn't you? Bobtoberfest um, was uh, was a different take on the Oktoberfest than what I'm used to, I think. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little on the lighter side and a little hoppier, and that's fine. And when it's cold, it's quite drinkable. Yes. Uh, when it heated up a little bit, I didn't like the, as much hops as showed up, but I thought it was I good. Like cold beer anyway. Our uh, our other two beers were outstanding for uh, doing what they do, and the Armagnac was well, chocolatey. It was chocolatey and delicious. Yes. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for show number 205. Uh, we will be rescheduling with Jared Hempstead and looking forward to having him back on the show here very soon. A lot of other good things to come. It's going to be a very interesting fall for Smoking and Toasting. We will be putting together... Our first ever hard seltzer blind taste test. We've got to get just the perfect guest for that, Ian. So let's start talking about that. Because neither of us are huge hard seltzer fans. I don't really mind it, but I'm not a huge fan. I mean, it's going to be one of my last choices for an alcoholic beverages. But that said, it'll be interesting to taste them, you know, to taste them and see which ones have really good flavor. Keto diet right now, and all he Ooh. drinks is hard seltzer. Well, maybe he would be the guy. Maybe. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, we can make fun of him for being on the keto diet. Well, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, that could work. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for being a part of the show today and for uh, uh, joining us. Props and and thanks to all of our friends out there who've been uh, checking out the show live on Facebook. Be sure to check us out, by the way, on uh, YouTube and on all the normal podcast uh, platforms. And uh, also, don't forget to check out our sponsor, MyCigarShirts.com. Have a wonderful week, Ian. I'm going to toast you with a little tiny bit of this ale song I have left. That looks like you refilled. Refilled. Yeah. I fixed it. I've got a problem with my My beer was broken. Cheers. Y'all. Ha, 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 ha.